Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. other people from this church were at youth camp. And uh, I learned some things at youth camp. For instance, that I should not play basketball with people younger than me. Um, that was not a good idea. And uh, I took lots of Tylenol after that. It didn't work. But uh, the weather was probably the worst I've ever seen. It, it was Juno weather up there, to be honest. And so our kids were just, you know, living life. They had no problem with it. But uh, there was just lots of rain and, and wind. And, and, uh, but in the midst of that, God moved. He moved in a way I've never seen before in our kids. I mean, they, there was always this lingering in the altar after service, which I haven't seen before. But Thursday night... I think we had probably 25 filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. And we, there was such a presence of God that the service, the service started at 7 and it didn't end until midnight. Midnight. Can you believe that? Midnight. And so I'd like Sierra to come up and just share what youth camp meant to her. And uh, this young lady is becoming a woman of God. And, and I just see her growing, and, and I, I love her dearly. Come on, Sierra. And after she's done, let's start the video. Okay, I'll try not to cry, because I cry when I feel the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, so... Um, so we were really blessed with being able to um, borrow the van from the Spanish church up there. And we were especially blessed that two girls from that church were able to come with us and stay in our cabin. And that's a friendship that I'll be able to cherish forever. And I hope we um, stay in touch. Um, but we, we, okay. So like he said, we started at like 7.30ish. And we had um, worship, and that was worship and word for through Monday and Friday was really, no, Monday through Wednesday was really, really nice. It was normal, um, and I felt the Holy Spirit every single day. But Thursday, um, like you said, we started, and everything was normal, and the word was great. Um, and then he called up people to get filled up with the Holy Spirit, and so everyone uh, went up. And the word, <laughs> um, <clears throat> a lot of people were filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to cry. It's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sure there's videos uh, somewhere, but people were worshiping in a way I've never seen. <laughs> and there was like kids like younger than Chrissy who were up there 
and they were crying and they didn't even know why they were crying. They just felt the spirit and random people were just coming up to me, giving me hugs and crying and putting their hands in the air and it's something I've never seen in my entire life. It's different seeing people like, I'm not gonna say old people, <laughs> but people who have more experience. Um, it's different seeing you guys worship, but it's a whole nother thing to see people who, um, a lot of people this age say that teenagers are not with God anymore, and they say that they've fallen away, but we're right here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I wasn't a cabin leader. My sister was, but it was nice to be able to let, stand back and just watch what God does in people's lives. It was. I did go up there, though. I prayed for people, and I felt... God talking to me, and I I would go up to people, and I would just start talking. I feel like you're struggling with this, and they would shake their head, and they would start crying, and it, it was, we were all delusional and very, very, very tired at midnight, but we, there was, we went down to our cabins, and we were trying to fall asleep because uh, Papa Hanks, oh, who was our pastor, Papa Hanks was like, okay, guys, I got to get you to bed. And so we went downstairs, but I could still hear this one girl speaking in tongues going all the way down to her cabin, and she wouldn't stop for a good 30 minutes. And I heard people praying over her, and it was just amazing. I'm going to stop now before I start crying even more, but I just want to say that I'm really thankful for all the people who donated for us to go, and that I, I was able to go with um, Pastor Keith and my sisters and stuff. So thank you. Hold that video. Hold, hold the video, if you don't mind. Hold the video. Yeah, sorry about that. It just, it's not appropriate right now. See, the Spirit of God is moving, and we need to focus on that. Amen? We need to focus on the Spirit of God. See, I saw something that I personally haven't seen in a long time. It was people in the altar desperate for a move of God. And we couldn't get them to leave. We had candy at the snack store and sodas. And the kids were like, I don't want that. I want this. Uh, are you hearing me? They, kids, kids are like, I know what's there. I know my friends are there. But I am so desperate for a move of God right now. This is what I want. And I thought to myself, what if that revival that was happening came back to this church today? Amen? What if, what if, I'm going to say a bunch of what ifs here. What if um, people were not so quick to leave, amen? And we, we were quick to the altar. It didn't matter what the altar call was about, but we recognized that we need to stay until a move of God happened. Oh, pastor, that's just emotionalism. Probably, but you know what? God made us emotional creatures, right? He made us emotional. 
And, and we, when we come before the Lord and we, we uh, worship Him and we repent, God moves in that. And I believe with all my heart that God wants to move in your life today. How many would be honest right now and say, Pastor, I need something from God this morning. Do you know that it's for you this morning if you need something for God? But I'm going to tell you, you're not going to get it if you close yourself off and you're quick to leave, okay? What you're going to get is very little, okay? That's like going to the buffet table and only picking out vegetables and then leaving, okay? Amen? Picking up Brussels sprouts. Who likes Brussels sprouts and Brussels? Man, I want the steak. I want the bread rolls. I want, I want the full course meal. I want the dessert. Amen. That's what you get when you come to the altar and you get fed. Amen. And then, and then, we're not going to do the video, guys, by the way. Just, we're, we're going to cancel that all together. The Spirit's going a whole different direction. We're going to follow the Spirit this morning. Is that okay? Now, by the way, there's no... There's no children's church this morning. We're going to honor our dads, and I'm going to give a message in just a moment towards our dads. But I, I'm trying to get you guys to see something, that you only get out of service what you put into it. Amen? Amen. It is not one of those things where you sit back with your arms folded and expect God to bless you. It doesn't work like that. Amen? God stretched out his arms on the cross and said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But you have to make an effort to come to him. Amen? you got to make an effort to submit yourself to him and stop. Listen to me when I say this. Stop being frustrated. We can be so frustrated with God that we miss out on his very blessing that he wants to give us. Amen? Amen. That's a free sermon. I'm going to get to my sermon next. Amen. Father, be with me right now as I give your word today, God, and we honor our fathers. We worship you today, God, and we thank you and we praise you for you are indeed glorious. Amen. I want you to look at God. Dads, raise your hand. Everybody who's a dad, raise your hand. If you're a dad, raise your hand. Give our dads a hand this morning. Amen. So I'm really struggling here because I feel the spirit of the Lord on me, but I'm, I want to give this message for our dads. But And we're not going to have a prayer meeting tonight. And there's no children's church today. But I want us to become that church that recognize the altar for what it is. It's a place to find God. It's a place to find God. God, help me. Thank you, Sierra, for doing that. I know she's downstairs with the kids. That's what I love about our, our young people. Not only do they, do they receive, but they serve. I love our kids when they serve. They, they, serve in, they don't serve just serve on stage. They serve downstairs, and I love that about them. I, I just, I really do. I love that about them. Amen. So the verse that I want to share with you this morning is Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. It says, hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. So we're going to talk about dads. We're going to talk about the effect that you have on your children. Dads, we're going to talk about not only the effect you have on your children, but the effect on other people's children. How many understand that even as a dad, I am not just confined to my children? Right? 
I love it when another father sees my children doing something wrong and they correct them. Now, they have to do it in the right way, otherwise we're going to have a talk. But they do it in love, right? Because sometimes my kids need other voices in their life, right? And, and somehow we've gotten away from that. And dads, I want you to understand how valuable you are. You, you are, and now moms, we're gonna, we've honored you, so don't take anything I'm saying like I'm against you, because I'm not. We've, we've had that time where we're honored our moms, but in today's society, a man has almost become a villain, hasn't he? There's an attack on men, isn't there? We keep hearing this thing called toxic masculinity. We hear about men doing this and men doing that. Today, we're going to focus men on how awesome you are and how you were created in God's image. Amen? See, the fact, men, that you are in church today leading your family, you're here with your family, you're saying, we're going to go to church today. Now, maybe some of you came uh, dragging and screaming, and that's okay. You're still here. Amen? I want to honor you today and let you know that I appreciate you and God appreciates you. Amen? And so I want you to be built up today because society tears you down. As a matter of fact, if you look on television, if you watch any type of television, any depiction of a father is always negative, isn't it? If you let your kids watch Disney, every father is either stupid, amen, they're either stupid, clueless, or absent. Dads, that's not us, is it? That's not us, amen. We're involved in our kids' lives. Men, I want you to know, first of all, that you are the first of God's creation that is in his image. God created man first not to be the overlord, but to lead the way. He wanted us to lead the way, not leading through, uh, through dictatorship or not leading through being an overlord, but to lead through love and affection and kindness. He wanted us to, to show our families, this is the way you do things. We're teachers. We're the ones to give instruction. That's what God has intended for man to do. See, it was man that ultimately decided the fate of humanity with his sin of rebellion, and it was the new man, Jesus, who redeemed humanity. But as the Bible shows, leadership was not to make others a doormat for us, but we are to cover, we are to protect. When given the opportunity to protect, Adam failed, didn't he? Let me say that again because I want you to hear me. When given the opportunity to protect his wife, Eve, he failed, didn't he? But that's not what God made men for. So men, sometimes, sometimes we're going to fail. Sometimes we're going to mess up. But that's why God sent Jesus to redeem us and make things better. Amen? A lot of men carry a lot of guilt and shame because of what they are or unable to do or the failures that they've done. And men, I want to tell you this morning that we need to overcome that and we need to rise up and lead our families the way that they should be led. They don't, your family doesn't care if you mess up. I'm going to tell you that straight up. They don't care if you mess up. They just want you to be there. They just want you to be there for them. That's all they want. They're, they're not going to... Go back and remember all of your mistakes. You know what they're going to remember? They're going to remember the time that you've spent with them. They're going to remember the time that you loved them, the time that you went to their plays, the time that you went to their recitals. Anybody else go to high school or middle school recitals? 
I have heard that the Russians are using that as torture in their prisons. I thought that was pretty funny. I can remember going to a few recitals and I looked at my wife and I tried to put things in my ears and I got caught. Of course, my parents had to endure their set of recitals with me. But dads, the things that you do, they're important. So instead of being negative with our men today, let's talk about the good things about men. Let's talk about the good traits of what a man is. Amen? First of all, a good man... It's humble before God. Now, we're not going to change scriptures up here. I want you to focus on one, that scripture right there. But if you want to follow me in the word of God, then you can do that. A good man is humble before God. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 19, it says, Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Men have a habit of being proud sometimes. We have a habit of boasting. And I have found the men that typically boast are really insecure about who they are. See, when you're secure in who you are because you have a, have a good wife who supports you and loves you, or you've had parents that love and support you, you're humble because you don't have to talk about yourself. Your actions speak for themselves. Amen? And when you're humble before the Lord, the Lord will surely elevate you. The Lord will take care of you. We don't have to talk about our accomplishments. The Lord will broadcast your accomplishments for you. Amen? I don't have to talk about this church to talk about me being a great preacher. Your actions speak that for me. Amen? I don't have to talk about being a good father. I don't have to talk about that because my children and their actions and the things that they do in the church speak for that. Amen? When you love God, man, and when you love him with all your heart, you walk humbly before him. You realize that he is your provider. He is your caretaker, and he does all these things for you. Amen? We don't need to be proud. We need to walk lowly before the Lord as an example to our children and to our a wife. Amen. Secondly, he fears and obeys God. Proverbs 1 7. We're going to hear a lot from Proverbs today. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, if you're a man of God, if you're a father, you fear God. Now, fear there doesn't mean scared of. You ever, you ever met someone you were scared of and made you nervous? That's not what this means. It means respect. It means that you hold them in high honor. You fear them. You respect them. And then in Proverbs 19, 23, he says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. See, that's important, guys. Because when you fear and respect the Lord, when you fear and you obey the Lord, evil is not going to be able to just come to you. Now, that word visit doesn't mean the same word that our word visit means. When we think of the word visit, we mean like show up and then leave. No, visit means really to come and stay and abide with you. When you men, when you love the Lord, and when you're men of God and you love the Lord and you fear God, evil will try to come and they will try to come to your doorstep and bitter it'll say, hey, I can't be here. I, God is in this place. I can't be here. And the evil that was meant for your bad or your destruction, God is going to turn it to good. Amen? Because that's what fearing the Lord does. Amen? And here's, 
Here's what I love about the men of this church is I know a lot of you and I spend, I spend time with you and you fear and obey God. Amen? It doesn't mean that you're perfect. Amen? But what it means is you're trying with all your heart. You're not complaining about life. See, ladies, you don't know how many times men sit in our car overwhelmed with the day, overwhelmed with life, and we cry out and we shed tears. And we don't want to show you that because we're trying to be strong. But I want you to know, brothers, I, brothers, I want you to, to feel this, that when you live and you serve God, the enemy's going to try to come at you, but he'll never succeed. Amen? As a matter of fact, he says in Isaiah, no weapon formed against you. It doesn't mean the weapon's not getting formed right now, but no weapon formed against you shall what? Right. That means he, the enemy is going to try because the enemy wants to destroy your family, ma'am. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to take your children away from you. He wants to destroy them, and he's not going to be nice about it. But see, when you're a man of God like you are, the Lord looks down and says, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And the devil was like all frustrated, like, I want to I hurt them so bad. And the guy's like, no. See that shield around them? That's me. See, men, when you serve God, you are the example. Amen? When you serve God... When you serve God, it makes a difference in your family. It changes the family dynamic, amen? It's not mom driving it, it's dad driving it. Did you know that when dads are the ones who lead their families to church, the next generation stays in church 75% of the time? Did you know that? So dads, when you wake up this morning... When you wake up this morning and your child gives you attitude, nobody had that this morning, right? For all you dads out there, your children woke up and said, hey, dad, I am so glad today. Let's go to church, right? <laughs> and none of you got into an argument with your wife, right? <laughs> nobody. As a matter of fact, your wife looked at you and said, happy Father's Day. I love you. This day is all about you. Right? <laughs> but it, listen, Sunday morning is the hardest morning. I was talking with somebody earlier, and they're like, hey, man, I, you're just be glad I'm here, and I am glad that you're here, amen? Because when you come to church, dads, when you bring your family to church, even though you're fussing and fighting the whole way, you're not a hypocrite, by the way. See, you feel like a hypocrite, but I'm going to tell you you're not, okay? Because you know what? Dad, sometimes we have to double down and say, this is how it's going to be, right? Sometimes we have to do that, right? And that's not, being, that's not being bossy or disrespectful to your family. But guess what? Dad leads the way. Dads lead the way. You know, what, what women look for, man, is they look for someone who is strong. and Not necessarily physical strength like me. Somebody laughed. They're looking for someone who is emotionally strong, someone who can say, this is how we're going to do things, not, not in, a, in, a, in a bossy way, in an overloading way, but setting the example. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? As for me, as for me, 
See, I look at my family. You see, we have tough times in our house. Believe it or not, believe it or not, there's times that can get a little tense in our home, right? There's times that, that just things happen, like, you know, the dogs do something and we get frustrated with that. Or, you know, it, if you have any type of family dynamic, you're going to get frustrated with one another, right? But that doesn't mean that we stop loving God, do we? That doesn't mean we stop. You're not a hypocrite. You're a person, okay? You're a person. You're going to get frustrated with one another. And that's why we invented the two words that we need to learn is, I'm sorry. Amen? Men, do you realize how much joy you can bring to your wife's life if you just say, I'm sorry? Don't say it too quickly. Because then that starts a whole other level. What are you sorry about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm sorry about. I just want to say I'm sorry for this. No, if you genuinely say, look, I'm sorry. Because, man, we can hurt feelings, can't we? We can, we, can, we can hurt feelings. We don't mean to, but we can say things that we don't mean. And once it comes out of our mouth, it's hard to take back. But when you walk in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, when you walk in obedience toward the Lord, we realize, hey, I hurt you. I hurt my child. Now, I'm not talking about discipline. I'm talking about you said something that hurt them. I realize that I need to humble myself and say, you know what? I was wrong. Ladies, I want you to know it's hard for a man to say that he was wrong. Because that would first of all mean that we were wrong. No, that's not true. It means that we just struggle with it because we like to be seen by you as the champion. We like to be seen by you as the mighty warrior. And we're afraid of debasing ourselves in front of you. But men, let me assure you what a woman or wife, or children need to hear from you sometimes is that you were wrong. It's okay to say you're sorry, and their respect level will go up for you. Secondly, he leads his family in worship and faithfulness. Psalms 122.1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Dads, if your wives are dragging you to church, turn that around. You be the one to initiate going to church. You be the one initiating coming to prayer meeting. You be the one to initiate coming to Sunday school. Amen? Amen. Sunday school? Amen? You be the one to initiate leading devotions in the home. You be the one to do that. Don't wait on your spouse to do that. Man, we're the spiritual head of the household. We're the ones who are supposed to do that. Amen? We put that off on our wife, and that's really not her job. Amen? Our, her job is to support what we're doing. She's not, she's not our below us. She's not above us. She's beside us. Amen? I want you to know, man, and, 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 and some of you may be feeling left out because you think, well, I don't have a spouse. No, this, this applies to all of us. Men, maybe you don't have a wife, but you can still treat people in your life like you should. Amen? When we lead in worship, when we lead in serving God, it says something. You know what's happened in the churches, in too many churches, is we've, we've forgotten that men have a leadership role. It doesn't mean that women can't be leaders. I never said that. But we've, we've allowed men to just sit back and do nothing. Every man in the church should be engaged in some way. There is something for you to do. And if you don't, then you really don't understand what church is 
all about. Amen? Church is a place where the men can come together. We can affirm one another. We can lead and worship. Amen? I love it when our men get up and lead and open the service and when they do tithe and offering because they speak with authority. They speak with authority. Again, that's not saying that our women can't do that, but it's time for the men to stand up and say, we are ready to lead, amen? We are ready to lead and show people the way of God. Now, people think, well, just because you're the pastor, you're the only one who leads, and that's not true. We all lead in some way. We just have to figure out what way we're leading. So if... During service, man, you're on your phone not paying attention. Now, I'm not talking about leaking the Bible verses. I'm talking about being on your phone on Facebook. Then you're leading, just not in the right direction. Amen? Amen? Men, when you appear disengaged and bored, you're leading just in the wrong direction. But man, listen to me. When you're engaged, when you worship, when you give God your all, when you tell people, when you show and you demonstrate that worship, and however way that is, some, some are, are not, you, they don't feel comfortable raising their hands, and I'm not necessarily talking about that, but when you show that you're a part of service, you're leading people, you're showing them, this is how you call that modeling. You're modeling, this is what you do in church. Now see, some men have a hard time doing that because they say, well, I don't agree with everything that's going on here. Listen, you don't have to agree with everything. This is the house of God. We're serving God, amen? And what you should be doing is praying for your pastor to figure out the right thing to do or for God to change you, amen? We need, as men, we don't need to wake up in the morning and go, oh, man, church again. No, we need to wake up and be a leader in our family and say, praise God, there's church again. I'm excited. I'm going to get there early to see if I can help pastor. I'm going to get there early so maybe I can just pray with somebody. I'm going to get there early so maybe I can just come into the presence a little bit more. I'm going to get there early so I can just feel the presence of God. Or I'm going to... I'm going to stay a little late because maybe pastor needs something done. Maybe the lights need to be shut off. Maybe, maybe the sound system needs to be shut off. Maybe the coffee pot needs to be entered. Maybe the trash needs to be taken out. I'm going to do what's necessary because this is my church and I'm going to honor God. Amen. Man, we have for too long let women do everything. And I can assure you, just like women don't like doing all the housework, they don't like doing everything at church either. Come on now. Man, we need to step up. We need to, <laughs> we need to stop having excuses, don't we? We need to be men. You know what else a good man does? He provides. Proverbs eleven eighteen: the wicked man does deceptive work. But he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. Amen. I love the men in this church because they take care of their families. Now listen, some of you, some of you didn't have dads that did that. As a matter of fact, this day is a little pain for you because either the, your dad didn't do that for you or maybe you've lost your dad, and I get that. But we're here today to honor the dads that are here, amen? amen. And in, in doing in honoring the dads that are here, we actually honor those who came before us. 
And so a good dad provides. A good dad will work more than one job to make sure his family has food. A good dad will do whatever's necessary to put food on that table for his family. There's been many times in my life that I didn't just work one job. I didn't just work two jobs, but I worked three jobs. Many times that I've had to do that. You know why? Because my family is worth it. Now, it was only for a short amount of time. It wasn't meant to be forever, but I did what was necessary to make sure they were provided for. Next, he sacrifices his wants and goals for the sake of his wife and children. Proverbs 21.5, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. See, we've been talking about this in Dave Ramsey. On Wednesday night, we're going to resume that this next Wednesday. Thank you, Will, for filling in while I was at youth camp this past Wednesday night. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that, which I'm sure you did. I'm sure you enjoyed it. But when, when a man realizes that he has to work and provide for his family, he sacrifices the things that he wants so that he can enable his children to have the things that they need. See, what good is it if I have all the toys like the four-wheeler and the snow machine and all those things, but my children are not able to go to school? What good is that? What good is it to have all the things that I want, but my children not be provided for? Amen? A man sacrifices his wants, his needs, his goals, his desires to make sure his kids have a shot at life. He protects Psalm 61.4, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Selah. See, I protect my son. But see, as a girl dad, a dad that has a girl, I'm more protective over her. Dads with girls know what I'm talking about, Right? If someone looks at my daughter the wrong way, then they got problems with me, right? My father-in-law, I'll never forget this, when I went to, to marry my wife, he looked at me, and I thought he was going to say something sweet to me, but he looked at me with a gun in his hand, a gun in his hand that was loaded, and the safety was not on. He looked at me, and he says, you treat her right. And I'm like, yeah, of course. And then he looked at me again. He goes, you treat her right because I don't mind going back to jail. <laughs> I cried a little bit because I thought this man's been to jail. And it, about 15 years later, I asked my wife, I said, I can't believe your dad's been to jail. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's never been to jail. And then I realized he lied to me. But I will never confront him because I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid of the man. <laughs> right? As we should be, right? And so I say that to you because her dad wanted me to know. Her, now her brothers, they kind of threatened me. I was like, yeah, whatever, okay. But her dad, he was serious. As dads, we protect our kids, right? Will, you would do anything for your daughter, wouldn't you? When we took Sophia to camp with us this week, Will was like, Pastor, I'm trusting you with my daughter. Now see, that carries a lot of weight. 
Did you know that? Sophia doesn't know that, what you do now. But he trusts me. He says, I'm trusting that you're going to take care. Just like the, uh, uh, Dave and Janice trusted me with their grandkids. Just like Heather trusted me with Sophia. They trusted me. And that's a big deal because they expected me to protect their children from anything that was not of God, anything that could be harmful, anything that's something that they shouldn't do. That was my job. Dads, you are natural protectors. Amen? Dads, you walk through the store of Fred Myers, and if somebody's coming too close to your kids, you kind of watch them, don't you? Amen. Don't you? I know I do. I don't mean to be mean to somebody, but if they're walking a little close to my daughter, I got my eyeball on them, and I'm ready to throw hands if I need to. If you ever see me in jail, that's why. He gives wisdom. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. I have this thing that I do in my house. I call it dad advice. I'm going to give you some dad advice today. And what dad advice is, is not something they teach you in school. It's not something, and people, people say schools should be teaching this, schools should be teaching that. I think schools should just teach arithmetic, reading, and, and whatever. Let me teach the things of life, okay? That's my job. I don't need you teaching that. Let me teach that, all right? And people can disagree with me, that's fine, but I don't want the school teaching my kids how to file taxes. That's, that's my job, amen? I, I, don't, I don't trust it. Never mind, I'm not going to go there. Let me teach them the basics of life, okay? That's my job. Parents, that's our job, okay, is to teach our kids life, amen? And so I need to give my kids wisdom, and I, and I gave them wisdom through the Dave Ramsey. I said, you need to start saving $200 a month. You need to start putting money back because I want you to be a multimillionaire when you get older, how many set up our kids for success? Or how many of us think they're going to live the life that we live? Don't we want better for our kids? Then we have to prepare them for that. Amen? We have to set them up for that. We give them wisdom. And the last thing that we do, this is going to be a short summer in a day, guys. You're going to be excited about this. The last thing that he does is a true dad loves. A true dad loves. See, sometimes dads, we get uncomfortable hugging our daughters when they reach a certain age. Did I say that as delicately as I could? Can I tell you that's when they need your hugs the most? Amen. That's when they need, ladies, am I right? That's when they need your hugs the most? Because... And I'm being a little blunt here, but I'm trying, I'm trying to teach us here. When, when, when they reach a certain age, we kind of back off a little bit because it makes us uncomfortable. No, that sends the wrong message to our daughters. We need to love them, embrace them, and let them show us how they want to be loved. Amen? Let them, if they're uncomfortable, say, okay, that's fine. We're not going to force this. It's on your turns. Because the first love that a young girl has is her dad. Amen? The first girl or the first man that she understands what love is is her dad. And we want to show them the example of how a man should treat a woman. Amen? It means we understand our boundaries. Amen? We understand our boundaries. We're not going to force ourselves and, and say, get over here and hug me or else. No, we don't do that. We say, we're going to let you hug me. Then we treat the moms good. Amen? We show the moms love. We take care of the moms. We don't disrespect the moms. But we demonstrate, and then we show our sons. Guess what, guys? Our sons need hugs too. 
Did you know that? Our sons need hugs too. Sometimes you want to choke them. I get that. <laughs> I get it. But dads, you know, can I, can I tell you something, dads? We have enough young men in here who don't have a steady male influence in their life. They need hugs too. See, we're a church. That means we're all aunties and uncles here. And that means we love on our kids, amen? Now, we've kind of stepped away from that because, you know, we said, oh, we can't do that because people might think we're doing something we shouldn't do. There's proper ways to hug children and not be disrespectful. And there's some people, some kids who don't want hugs, and you need to listen to that. Just don't hug them, right? Just let them dictate that. But we need to be aunties and uncles to our children, and we need to be that father figure to our kids and let them know that not only do we love them, but we support them. When Sierra was coming up and she gave her testimony, I could have asked any of the kids to do that. But as a, as a, as a pastor, I was so proud at that moment. I know, oh, pastor, pride is evil. Not that kind of proud. I was proud as a pastor of what God was doing in her life. And I know that I personally have invested time in her like other leaders in the church. And I thought, God, you're doing something. And I felt that, and I know I was talking to, to Dave, but he had to work today. He felt that pride that his kids or his grandkids are, are doing so well. And brothers and sisters, we need to be all proud of all of our kids and what they're doing. Amen. We need to love on our children. Dads, for too long, we've ignored you. And we've acted like you didn't know what you were doing. And there's been some dads that have disappointed us. But how about we set the restart button today and we love our dads Amen. and we appreciate them. And we stop posting things on Facebook that tears dads down. Amen. I hate that. I hate that. Listen, maybe, maybe the man in your life was not that good. Well, that's okay, but that's an overgeneralization of all men. We have some good men in this church. We have some good dads in this church. We have some good dads in this church. We have some good, great dads in this church. We have, we have some amazing fathers. And I realize this may not have been the most spiritual message, but it's an important one. Because every now and then, we just need to stop what we're doing and say, you guys deserve honor and respect. Amen. Now, to end the service, I have a few questions to ask you. Because as a dad, I'm required to do these series of questions. What car did the wise men drive to see Jesus? It was a Honda Accord. The Bible says the disciples were all in one accord. <laughs> Why couldn't Jonah trust the ocean? Just something fishy about it. 
Who is the most business savvy woman in the Bible? Pharaoh's daughter. She went down to the bank of the Nile and pulled out a little prophet. I got more. What kind of person was Boaz before he got married? He was ruthless. I got more. At what time of day was Adam created? It was a little before Eve. Who was the greatest babysitter mentioned in the Bible? David. He rocked Goliath to sleep. I feel the anointing coming on. <laughs> How many more? Two more? One more? More? <laughs> Did Eve ever have a date with Adam? No, just an apple. Last one. Last one. Before I die, I am going to eat a whole box of uncooked popcorn. That way cremation is going to be fun. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.